Just let that soak in, by the way, before you kind of go past the cartoon of the video. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we, mortal, sinful men, depraved men, can be called the children of God. That is a powerful kind of love. Well, I think most everybody was here this morning as we began a series that we're entitled Heart Matters. And we talked about that, that, the fact that, that heart matters, the things of the heart matters, and the matters of the heart do matter. And we took a look this morning at the, at the idea of what does the heart of God look like. And you go and go and take your Bibles and you can turn to Luke chapter um, 19 tonight. Luke chapter 19. But I want to go real, just one verse back to Luke chapter 5. Just, just remember this, this last phrase, what Jesus said this morning after he called uh, Matthew, Levi, said, come and follow me. And, and he got up and he left everything behind. He got up and he followed Jesus. And I told you that Greek word, follow there, implies commitment. It's not just a casual following. It's not like I would have followed you out of the building tonight. It was a commitment to follow the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, of course, the Pharisees didn't like that, the fact that he was with a, with a bad guy like Levi or Matthew. And here's what he reminded. He said in verse 32, and this is the heart of God. I have not come to call the righteous. And by that he means that, that the righteous people there, the scribes and Pharisees, thought themselves righteous. They had no need for a Savior because they were law keepers and their eyes, they kept all the law. So they didn't need a Savior. So he said, I've not come to call you guys who think you're already righteous, but sinners to repentance. People who are willing to admit that I am depraved, that I lack anything to bring to God, and I'm out of fellowship and relationship with God because of that sinfulness. I need a Savior. And then how that, that in the book of Genesis, it started back in Genesis when God created man. He created us for fellowship and relationship with Him. We, our ancestors, chose to rebel against God. And that brought sin into the world, of course. That was broken. And way back in Genesis, God made a promise that His Son would come and die and shed His blood that we could have forgiveness of sins. And the last book of the Bible, Revelation 22, ends with an invitation saying, Hey, anybody who hears, let him Come, let him come and drink of the water of life freely. So it's all about God bringing us back into relationship with Himself, and that leads us tonight. What to do tonight? And and I wanted to share, you know, because you know, if 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 Levi had been around when when three thirty four was written, and let's see here, it's one of Fanny, Fanny Crosby's. So uh, eighteen thirty nine, nineteen oh eight was the author's uh, years that they were alive. But, but here's, here's what he goes. Here's, here would have been Matthew or Levi, same person. This would have been their song. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story and this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. And I really hope you got that this morning. I hope that you realize that because you were once so lost and Jesus reached down and saved you one day, that you've got a song to sing. You have a reason and a cause to celebrate. And your song ought to be that of praising my Savior all the days long through the good times and bad times. I thought it was kind of cool. I threw it in the end there that when, when Matthew said, I'm going to follow you, he lost his job. He, he left the tax collecting business to follow Jesus. And so, you know, well, what did Jesus do for you? Well, he, I lost my job, you know. But he also gained forgiveness and he had to throw Jesus this incredible, incredible party. So that leads us to what to do tonight. And, you know, we're going through Luke. We're just slowly going through Luke because we keep getting into it. But just so happened that in this passage of Scripture that we have in Luke chapter 19, it fits great with the, with the idea of God's heart from this morning. Now, here's, here's the deal. 
In Luke chapter 18, we have the story of blind Bartimaeus. And technically, that's the next scripture we should have covered, okay? So I'm going to take like a pastoral point of privilege and save that one. Okay, um, we're hopefully going to be going on a mission trip here at the end of March, and uh, we're going to take a couple of doctors. Uh, Dr. Matthew Winkleman's going, Dr. Randy Oliver's coming, uh, coming along, and Dr. Benedardi, a vision doctor for the first time, is going with us, and we're going to be doing some vision work. And I thought it would be so cool the Sunday before we head off to Mali on, on, a, on a medical vision trip to save blind Bartimaeus for that day. So I want to save that, and that jumps us up to it. And that would have fit the heart of God. That would have fit the heart of God. And then we have this incredible story about a guy named Zacchaeus that really fits this morning's message. I told Judy, I was trying to say, Judy, what do you think? Should we save, you know, should I save blind Bartimaeus? And should, well, you know, Dwayne, we heard about a tax collector this morning. I said, yeah, but this was totally different. It's just totally different. It's a story that, you know, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Yes, a wee little man was he. He climbed. You know, you heard it since you were a kid if you grew up in Sunday school. But it's an incredible story about a man who was ready to meet Jesus Christ as Savior and what he was willing to go and do to meet that Savior. So today I want to take us through quickly the story of Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19 and verse number 1 through 10, looking at the heart of God. And you know what's amazing, by the way? I, I want you to do this. Jesus' heart was to seek and to save that which was lost. We're going to hear that. He came to call sinners to repentance. And the amazing thing is, when Jesus chose to associate himself with sinners, he constantly butted heads with the scribes and Pharisees. And they, they opposed vehemently his concept of why he came. The reason they butted heads so often was they were for the status quo. They were for keeping things. They were in a very big comfort zone and they wanted to stay there. And Jesus is a boat rocker. Jesus comes along and, and starts saying things that they never said before and doing things that they certainly could not do. And so they butted heads all the time. And I just challenge you, read the Gospels and see how many times it talks about Jesus and the scribes and the Pharisees. Whether it's healing a guy's hand in the temple or healing a blind guy or calling tax collectors. All the time, these scribes and Pharisees guys were butting heads up. So here we go with Zacchaeus, who happens to be another tax collector. All right, here we go. The Bible says in verse number one, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now, the word then, now you understand Bartimaeus just happened. Like, for instance, you know, if you were driving, we just drove back from Florida. So imagine I'm, 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 I'm driving down the road and let's say at a certain point an accident happens. And then like a mile down the road, another accident happens. So I would tell you, we just saw an accident and here's another one. This is what's happened. Bartimaeus was healed just down the road. Now, again, I won't talk too much about that, but just down the road, I mean, probably momentarily different, a miracle had occurred right here. And word spread up the road that, hey, Jesus is coming, and you're not going to believe what just happened. He's healed a blind guy. It's just incredible what has happened here, okay? So that's what's happened. And, and the Bible says in verse 2, Now, behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, and, and watch this. He was a chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. He was rich. The word tax there is the word, that one Greek word, that one word in the English spreads out and says chief tax collector. That's the word that gives us the idea that Zacchaeus was a supervisor of the tax collectors. Now, some of y'all weren't there, and you know this probably, but can we just hit it one more time? You know, tax collectors went and basically made a contract with the Roman government and said, we want to collect taxes for you. So they bought the right to collect taxes. And the idea being this, 
There were no records given. There was no tax bills, no assessors. And the Roman government may say, you know, Judy owes $400. And then Zacchaeus or, or Levi could go and say, yo, yo, $1,400. And so you had to cough up another $1,000. And these guys were considered traitors, okay, to the Jewish people because they sold out to the Roman government. And they were crooks. And they were thieves. And they were liars. That's exactly what they were. And that's what we have here. But this guy's the head tax collector. He's a, remember Paul said later on, I'm the chief of all sinners? Well, if there was a chief sinner tax collector guy, Zacchaeus was it. And, and listen, Levi was wealthy. This guy is extremely wealthy. He has that word rich there, abounding in material goods. He had the biggest house. And if it was the 21st century, he has the biggest car. He has the nicest clothes. His wife has the biggest ring. His children go to the nicest schools. They all have straight teeth. They all went to the orthodontist. Every one of them, they've gone to the best schools that there are. He was exceedingly wealthy. But because of what happened down the road, the Bible says, and verse number 3, and he sought to see who Jesus was. Because of what had just happened. They had just heard, hey, have you heard what happened down the road? A man was blind and a guy named Jesus healed that man. Because of what happened down the road, he wanted to see Jesus, but he could not because of the crowd, for he was a short guy. Okay? Now, I always thought that was, that was again, it caught our attention when we were kids. But the truth was, that now, now, you know what I like about going to the Middle East and going to Africa? Particularly, the further Middle East you go, I'm, I'm like almost tall. <laughs> you know? Okay? The, you know, for, them, for the Bible say Zacchaeus was short, he was short. Okay? Well, we're talking like maybe like right here. Okay? He was a very short man and he could not see. So what he does in verse number 4, now this, this is huge. Okay? He ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree. Now, why is that so big? I can, I've, been to the middle, I've been to Africa. I've been to the Middle East. And like I told you last time I went to Africa, um, I wore the, the man dress thing, okay? And, and I've, you know, I don't know how many times I've been tempted to buy some just for men, okay? Because, you know, Judy, you know, looks young and all that stuff, and I get accused of being her father and things like that, you know. And, and so I've been so tempted to brown the hair up, brown the hair you know, up. You know, you walk in one day in the church and, it's a miracle! He has brown hair! No, it's just for men. Just for men. I, I've been so tempted. But in Africa, now, Ben, you would just be like a king over there because of your silver hair. I mean, when they see that, it garners such huge respect. Okay? And that's where I kind of push the rules. If you remember the video, when I was out there dancing, that was kind of like something an African guy wouldn't do. Because a senior person, again, because of the respect factors. All right? This is true of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a respected man in the community, respected in the sense of business, not because of his character, not by the Jews, but in the other people in there. He would have been a respected man, a man of character, a businessman to be respected. And to see him running ahead and climbing a tree says something big. And I'll tell you what we know, because we know the end of the story, these are signs of something. Zacchaeus, like Levi, Levi realized he had a need. Zacchaeus is hungry for a change. Zacchaeus has all the money, has all the prestige, has all the things, but Zacchaeus isn't happy. He wants something. How bad does he want it? Bad enough to do something that a man of his statue would not do. So he runs. Men never run. 
Men just don't run. Men don't play. Okay? He runs ahead and does something that only a child would do. He climbs this tree. And the reason why he wants to see Jesus because Jesus is going to pass that way. He says, listen, listen, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, I want to see Jesus. And that's what we've got to get across to people today. You know, for a person to receive Christ, there has to be that drawing of God and that hunger that, that only God can put in a person. It's not necessarily a marriage gone bad. It's not when the doctor says cancer. It's a drawing from God and then that hunger being drawn in the person to, I need God. I want God. And something that caused Zacchaeus to be so miserable where he was, miserable in his success. There's a lot of that in America. Would you say amen? Miserable in his success that I want, I need. And he was willing to do whatever it takes. And we've got to get that across. Listen, you know you're ready. If you're lost today, let me tell you when you're ready to get saved. You're ready to get saved when you'll do anything. An old story now has absolutely no meaning in the world, but it's a great illustration back when... You know, we used to have big old fat books of illustrations. The problem was most of them were like a zillion years old. And one of the illustrations in a book I used to have that was that thick told of a guy who said, you know, a guy was running, you know, and he goes, you know what, I, I need to be saved. And, and the guy told him, I said, well, if you're going to get saved, you got to go wallow in the pigs. The guy said, I ain't going to wallow in no pigs. Well, that's what you got to do. So he went back away, came back the next day. Where are you going? I'm going, you know, I'm going to be saved. Well, well, you got to go wallow in the pigs. I'm going to go wallow in the pigs. Third day, the dude's going fastly by the guy. Where are you going? I'm going to wallow in the pigs. The story being, he got so hungry for salvation, he was willing to do anything. And that's what you see in Zacchaeus. Something has stirred in Zacchaeus' life. This man, now this is so incredibly important for the American society. This man who had it all was missing the most important thing. And something brought him to a point where he was willing to give it all up. For Jesus. He wanted to see Jesus. And sure enough, he's up in the tree. Here comes the crowd. And the Bible says in verse number 5, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up. You know, I love that about Jesus. I think we miss little nuggets like this. I love that about Jesus. Jesus is always looking around. You know, have you ever gone hiking before? You know, there's a certain thing, particularly if you're hiking in the mountains and there's a cliff here, there's, there's a certain amount of looking down you've got to do. Because you could misstep and, and take a pretty good tumble, all right? But, but sadly, so often we're over-concerned for our footing, and so we constantly look down and we're missing the beautiful scenery around us. I'm glad Jesus looked around. Come on. I'm glad. I don't know where you were when he saw you, but I bet you're glad he looked that way. So sometimes, in this case, he looked up into a sycamore tree. And I know Zacchaeus, if he was here to give a testimony, and he was saying, this is my story, this is my song, he would say, I'm glad Jesus looked up that day. And, and some of you, for, for some of you, now you don't want to admit it, but for some of you, Jesus had to look down. Because you were lower than a snake belly. That's where God wants you to get saved. Just get down there as low as you can. He just breaks us down until we finally, listen, we need you. I'm glad Jesus looks down. I'm glad Jesus looks around. I'm glad he looks around. Jesus looked up and saw him. Who? Zacchaeus. Saw him. He saw him. I, I, I mean, he physically saw him. But, but I want to, did you get what I did this morning? When I said, and Jesus said to Levi, you're, you're a traitor and disgrace to your people. You know, you're, you know you're, a, you're a liar and a thief. 
And he said to him, you know, you know, if, you'll, if you'll clean up your life, maybe one day you can make it into the kingdom. You know why I did that? Because that's the response a lot of times people hear from the church. We tell people how bad they are rather than how great Jesus is. Yeah, people sometimes need to be told the truth like that. But listen, it's, it, someone said this, it's time that the church quits talking so much about what we're against and talking about what we're for. And what we're for is Jesus Christ. The message sometimes gets so messed up. And believe me, there's a lot to be against today. There is. You know I believe that with all my heart. But we do so much talking about what we're against, we forget what we're for, and that's Jesus Christ. So he looked up and he saw a man. And he, saw, he didn't see a, a chief tax collector. He just saw a guy who he was wanting to initiate a relationship. Remember we said this morning, Judy, how that, that Levi wasn't even looking? Zach is excited and we see signs, but who initiates the exchange? It was Jesus. I mean, Jesus, you know, Jesus could have glanced up, said hi, and kept right on walking. But Jesus didn't do that. He, he initiates the conversation and says to him, says to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today, I love this, imperative, I must stay at your house. See, Jesus took the initiative and Zach was ready. Jesus took the initiative and Zach was primed for that. And you know why he said, I must stay at your house today? He had an appointment. He had a divine appointment. He had an appointment with a man who was lost and on his way to hell and he wanted to come into that man's life and be his Savior. One time Jesus says, I must needs go through Samaria. Because there was someone there with a need. Jesus was all about people. Hey, Zacchaeus, listen, you've got to come down out of that tree because I must go to your house because you're a lost man and I'm a savior. You're a black sheep and I'm a shepherd who wants to make you white again. And the Bible says in verse 6, So he made haste. He hurried down the tree and received him Joyfully. Now, now circle the word joyfully in your Bible. According, I was studying this afternoon. And this word, let me, let me read it down because I wrote it verbatim out, out of the commentary. An attitude of joy which accompanies faith and salvation. The Greek carries this connotation. It's not just rejoicing. It's not just joy. It's a joy that happens when a person encounters uh, salvation through faith. It's that kind of a joy. It's the day that you got saved. And I know some of you can't remember that day, but it's the day that you got saved and, man, you felt like 10,000 pounds came off of you and you felt like you've never felt before. One day you were burdened down with guilt and fear and uncertainty and you were set free and that uncertainty was gone, that fear was gone, that guilt was gone. It's that kind of joy. I don't know when Zacchaeus got saved. I don't know if he got saved coming down the tree and received him as guest. That word received means as a guest. don't know if it happened there. I don't know if it happened in the house. But you're going to see very obviously in verses 9 and 10, Zacchaeus met Jesus. And I don't mean, hi, my name's Zacchaeus. Are you Jesus? I mean as a Savior. Zacchaeus met Jesus through faith. Through faith and seeing him as the Son of God. Now, look at verse number 7. But when they saw him... There it is. Now, this is, this is where the story's a little different. This morning, 
in Levi's encounter with Jesus, the scribes and the Pharisees, and, the, and again, the Pharisees were, were the, the epitome of the law keepers. And the Pharisees and scribes and their scribes went to, to the disciples, notice they go to Jesus, went to the disciples and said, why do you eat with tax collectors and sinners? That, that's breaking the rules. That, that is a rule, and you are breaking it, and you are guilty as charged. Okay? It was a specific group. But notice here, and I check this, but when they, so who was they? Were there some scribes and Pharisees? I guarantee you. The spies were always present. They were, they were present down the road. And you can, you can mark it down. They were in the tribe that day. They were in the crowd that day. They were scribes and Pharisees, not because they believed in Jesus, but they wanted to catch Him. So were there scribes and Pharisees? Yes. But, but again, the Greek word does not mean that. You know what it means? They. People. So the religious people were there, and the ordinary people were there. Now, this is different from this morning. So what, and they saw it, and what they do? They complained. They muttered. They said this, He, Jesus, has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Now, does that give you any indication how bad this guy was, Shirley? No one said that about Levi. I mean, besides the police guys. Here the whole group joins in and says, this guy is a big jerk. He really is a big sinner. And Jesus, you're going to eat with him? The every ordinary guy even recognized that Zacchaeus was a bad guy. By the way, that kind of brings a thought to my mind. You know why this was a good idea? How do you fix a bad neighbor? If you've got a neighbor who constantly makes your life miserable, Frankly, he's a jerk. How do you fix that? Well, you start implementing Romans chapter 12, and you can read that later, okay? But basically, you lead him to know Jesus. Don't get him religious, because I'll just make him worse. Don't just bring him to church. That won't help. Introduce him to the shepherd. When you have a black sheep who's getting under your skin... Bring the black sheep to the great shepherd and God will make him white and he'll be a much better neighbor. That deserves an amen. Now watch this. Watch this. They missed that. If they would have halfway understood who Jesus was and the mission that he's on, calling sinners to repentance, they said, Go, Jesus! This boy needs you! He is, a, he is one bad hombro. He needs you, Jesus. You go do something with him. But they didn't see it at all. And I'm convinced in America the government doesn't see it. If the government had any sense whatsoever, they'd be inviting God into the schools, not kicking him out. They'd be inviting government or God into government again rather than kicking him out. They didn't get him that day, and, and we don't get it this day. As a church, we don't get it. Are you sick and tired of, of in a community where so... Are you sick and tired of seeing the pink building going out toward the college? We change that by changing our community. And we change our community by sharing Jesus, by calling sinners uh, to repentance, by doing what God's heart says. 
We don't do it by getting in our little holy house here and talking about them. We do it by living before them, Jesus Christ, as doors open, sharing Christ with them. That's what's got to happen if we're going to see Harrisburg and Illinois and our United States changed. They didn't get it. He's gone to eat with a sinner. In the process of getting to Zacchaeus' house, we see what I wrote down is an outward sign of an inward change. Again, I don't know when it happened. It indicates in verse number 6 that we're joyfully that sometime between the tree and the ground, somehow Zacchaeus, by faith, trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. The, the word, the Greek word seems to indicate that. But I'm telling you, somewhere along the way, maybe, maybe Jesus was walking along with him toward his house and shared the Romans road. I don't know. All I know is Zacchaeus got saved. And here is the, the evidence of this. And it's not... Now watch, watch this, support it. What I'm fixing to read to you about Zacchaeus was not so he could be saved. It was because he was saved. You got that? It wasn't... Now, listen, I want to go to heaven, so I'm going to do this. Because he met Jesus, he did this. Which brings, begs the question, what's different about us? Because here was a guy that the whole community thought was a, a total jerk. He had stolen. He was a liar and a thief. Now, now let me, let's just, what do liars do? They lie. Thank you, Judy. And, and what do thieves do? They steal. They steal. Okay? Now, now watch, what, watch what comes out of this man's mouth. Okay? Speaking of action, not just words. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, first thing, I give half of my goods to the poor. Wait a minute. Whoa. This is a guy who made his living by ripping people off and hoarding, and we have no indication of any benevolence whatsoever, and now he says, half of what I own, I'm going to give to the poor. How incredible is that? How many of y'all would vote tonight if we were having a, a vote that, that something's happened in Zacchaeus' life? Something happened along, whether it happened in the tree, at the bottom of the tree, on the way with Jesus, or in the house, and it's just not Luke didn't record it for us. I don't know, but something happened to Zacchaeus, indicated by the fact that what was important to me is no longer important. Because if money is your God, you will hoard your God, you will not give your God away. And money was his God, which evidently he was very wealthy. It indicates it was. He gave that away. I'll give half of it away. Now watch this. It's kind of a funny statement because it says, and it implies again in the structure of the sentence that, that he knows it was so. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation. I love the way he worded that. Let me read it again. If I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation. If I have overcharged anybody, everybody's going, yeah, right. He goes, what's this? I'm going to restore it four times. Remember, Judy, I overcharged you $1,000? I'm going to give you $4,000 back. The Old Testament in Levitical law required one-fifth. The amount plus one-fifth. Zacchaeus met Jesus that day and says, if I've taken anything falsely, y'all just form a line over here. I'm going to give you four times back. Would you vote tonight to tell me that something happened in Zacchaeus' life? 
This is not the same man. This is not the same man at all. And so this causes Jesus, this testimony of of mouth and life and actions, this dramatic change, says this in verse 9, And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. He, 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 he's a son of Abraham in the sense that he is a Jew because the Jews, he's no son of Abraham that I know. And Jesus says, yes, he is. But he's also a son of Abraham who recognized the Messiah, the promised Messiah, when the Messiah came. Today, salvation has come to this house. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus Luke records and Jesus sums up the story by telling the heart story one more time. This morning, it was put like this. I've not come to call the righteous, but I've come to call the sinners to repentance. And, and He's worded tonight, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And that is what God is about. He saw a guy, uh, a young a man who was willing to do outlandish things because he was hungry for something different. He was willing to look up at a tree. I'm going to your house. It's not a popular decision, but I'm willing to go to your house. Well, why? Because Zacchaeus, you are lost. And I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. Hey, Zacchaeus, you're the reason I came. This room tonight, I could probably look around and, and think of each one of you had some kind of a testimony that you know Jesus Christ is Savior. And I'm glad we're all in the boat. I'm glad we're all in the boat. God's glad we're in the boat. But you remember the scripture from Luke this morning? Where I read it just to kick the service off? Luke chapter 15. There's more rejoicing in heaven for the one who comes than the 99 that's already in the fold. We're, we're in the lifeboat. Praise God for that. But in the sea around us are drowning men and women. They are drowning. They are lost. They're lost in Harrisburg. They're lost in Sling County. They're lost in Illinois. They're lost in North America. And they are lost in Africa and China and Ethiopia, wherever you want to go. They're lost. And we're in the boat. And we can sit there and say, we're safe. But that would be so against the heart of God. If Jesus was, if He was the captain of the lifeboat, He said, hey, hey, you sir, you ma'am, grab as many hands as you can and pull them in. Pull them in. Because I didn't come for men to drown. I came for them to be saved. And I'm asking God in the next three weeks to really help us to see His heart, our heart, and invite God's heart even fresh and anew into our lives. God, help us to be the church, the individuals that you want us to be as, Father, people are drowning around us. People are dying lost around us. Help us to be and do what you've called us to be and do. And Zacchaeus would sing the song, this is, my, this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Zacchaeus would say, I have reason to celebrate because this morning I was on my way to hell and tonight I'm on my way to heaven. How incredible. And by the way, you know what? Do you see something different? Jesus didn't say, now, now Zacchaeus, come and follow me. We don't know what Zacchaeus did. He may have continued to be a tax collector. But I promise you this, guarantee you this, he's the most honest tax collector you ever saw, if he remained a tax collector. The days of, of, of stealing and lying and thieving were over. He may have changed jobs. We don't know. But we know this. 
The man in the tree wasn't the man at the house. The man at the house had met the great shepherd. Amen? Let's bow our heads.